0: We are going to turn now to Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, and this can be found on page 631 in your Old Testament Bible, if you would like to follow along. This is the word that Isaiah, son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be raised above the hills, and all the nations shall stream to it. Many peoples shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways, that we may walk in God's paths. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Sarah, Rebecca, and Leah, Chad, Selyse, and Janice, send your Holy Spirit to rest upon and move among us in this time, teaching us how to walk in your light. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you, O God, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, Advent tidings to you all. I hope that you've had a beautiful Thanksgiving full of friendship and family and fun and food. I know that this can be a difficult time for some of us, and so my prayer and my hope is that you know that you are loved and that you know just how welcome you are um, in this here family of God. I have been thinking a lot um, as we enter into this Advent season how best to prepare for something that we do year after year after year. And uh, one of the things that I always hope for is time to be able to stop, to reflect, um, to remember what this season is all about, to remember how our story began and to recommit ourselves to this walk that God has invited us on, um, and to just try to live into that peace and joy and faith and love that God has promised the world, especially in a world where we get very few glimpses of that in reality. And so I've been thinking about the ways that God is inviting us to do this, to live into that reality that God is creating, This text from Isaiah where weapons of war are transformed into farming tools has me thinking about the small and large ways that we can walk in the light of the Lord in this way. And I've been reflecting on the many objects in our lives that can be used as weapons to tear us apart, to bring us down. And I've been considering how we might transform those weapons into tools that might instead build us up and bind us together. And so I'll begin with maybe a silly reflection, um, but if you feel the kind of anxiety that I feel, you won't feel it's very silly, but... (laughs) Uh, This Thanksgiving, my partner and I invited our friends over. Um, They live in Oakland, and so we invited them to come down early in the morning to cook and to eat and drink and play games together and, you know, just enjoy one another's company. And I'll tell you that I love hosting. I love creating beautiful spaces and preparing thoughtful meals. I love welcoming people in and telling them to, you know, make themselves at home. I like making people feel happy and cared for, and sometimes, because I have perfectionist tendencies mm -hmm, and an unhealthy dose of anxiety, sometimes this love for hosting shifts into a weapon of war, right? And if any of you suffer from anxiety, you know that this war is waged almost entirely in your head, but sometimes it extends to your loved ones. A to-do list turns into a minefield, and you walk about feeling like one misstep will blow the whole thing up. Last week, Mary Jo shared this story uh, about her Thanksgiving table which she took um, lots of time and great pains to prepare and make this beautiful space for her guests, right? A a beautiful tool for building community. And then one of her kids kicked a ball onto it, and that uh, table and ball became a weapon of mass destruction. And I'm thankful that she shared this story, right? Because as I was setting my own table this week, and I was trying to put all the the persimmons that I'd plucked. Thank you, Susan, for the advice that persimmons make a nice centerpiece. And I was trying to make it all look beautiful, and it wasn't working. And and then, of course, the next day when I was, um, we don't like turkey. My friends and I, we just don't like turkey, so I decided we'd do salmon. So I was trying to, like, cut the skin and the fat off, and this knife was a weapon of war against the salmon. And it just, you know, it wasn't coming together, and, and so I, I started to wage war, right? But then I remembered Mary Jo's story, and I remembered this text from Isaiah, and I remembered that the decorations were meant to remind us of the promise of harvest and the hope for wholeness, And the salmon was meant to nourish our bodies and to comfort our souls. And so it didn't make any sense to weaponize these tools for community in a war against myself. It didn't make any sense to turn these beautiful tools and gifts into weapons. Do any of you ever fall into these kinds of traps? Do you ever feel like you take these beautiful gifts and turn them into weapons against yourself and those you love? Do you ever become overwhelmed with anxiety that something you do just isn't good enough? Or do you ever wage war with your loved ones when things just aren't going according to plan? See, as humans, I think we're really good at this. We we know how to do war. Our lives are impacted and shaped by war and by conflict. We want to be a peaceful people, living in harmony with one another, but the world is so full of violence and anxiety that sometimes it's impossible to escape it. And so we seek out moments, little glimpses of conflict-free living and hope that they will recharge us and sustain us through the week hope that they will build us up and assure us that peace and harmony is possible. The prophet Isaiah promises that a time will surely come when people from all over the world will travel to the mountain of God to be instructed in the ways of God, the ways of peace and justice and love. And when that day comes, everything will change. I am most moved by the promise of this text, the promise that there will come a time when these seemingly endless wars will cease. The promise that a day will come when people no longer learn war. And even if they did somehow receive a lesson on war, they wouldn't have any weapons to wage it. Because the weapons of war which are used to divide and conquer will have become tools for community tools which build up and bind people together. And so soldiers will be transformed into farmers, swords into plowshares, and spears into pruning hooks. People and energy and tools that were once scarce will now become abundant. Can you imagine what we could do as a nation to build up our communities, to build homes and parks, to build up the education system or the infrastructure? Could you imagine what we could build with the $698.5 billion we budget for the military? Can you imagine what our society would look like if we transformed our fear of the other into a love, For the stranger, if we welcomed the immigrant and the refugee, if we honored and valued cultures that were different from our own but beautiful in their own right? Can you imagine what our lives would look like if we denounced perfectionism, if we shed our anxiety and our inclination to wage war with ourselves and our family and our friends? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what the world would look like if we cease to wage war? The prophet Isaiah promises that this time will come, and when it does, the goal of society and humankind will be transformed from domination and greed to collaboration and generosity. Sister, brother, and sibling will be bound together and committed to a vision of the world where all people have food to eat and clean water to drink, where all people are treated with dignity and love, where all people can thrive and become whole and healthy and grow into the beautiful children that God created them to be. Sometimes it does feel like this vision is just a bit too grandiose. I get it like these dreams of peaceful people and healthy communities are just simply beyond our grasp. Sometimes it even feels foolish to try to even imagine it, Yet, people could ever stop learning war and learn to live in peace. Well, we know that this holiday season is abundantly full of opportunities to wage war. But the grace is that on this first Sunday in Advent, the message is not one of reprimand. It is one of invitation. It is an invitation to walk in the light of the Lord right here and right now in any and all the ways we possibly can. In the Advent season, we are invited to be tender with ourselves, to be patient with our children and our partners, kind to our acquaintances and generous to those in need. We are invited to be a people who believe that it is possible for war to cease and for community to thrive, a people who will not be overcome with fear or anxiety, a people who walk in the light of the Lord, And with each step, transform those weapons of war into tools for community. Tools which bind up the brokenhearted, build up the family of God, and bring about peace and harmony, love and joy for all the world. Sisters, brothers, and siblings in Christ, today is extended an invitation to all of us to walk in the light of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the triune God who creates, sustains, and redeems us all. Amen.